Hello, welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 3, Episode 187 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials covering Doctrine and Covenants, Sections 71 to 75, found in the June the 28th to July the 4th section of the Come Follow Me materials. And today we're going to look at Doctrine and Covenants, Section 42, which in itself is a very short section. Um, a pretty interesting history behind it, though. Uh, with the Joseph Smith Revelations uh, analysis, we find a little bit more about it. But really, this is all described as well in the section heading of Doctrine and Covenants 74. Um, in the Joseph Smith analysis, it says this, quote, This explanation clarifies a New Testament verse, 1 Corinthians 7.14, which historically had been an important passage for justifying infant baptism. Like the Book of Mormon, this document rejects the need for infant baptism by explaining that little, that little children are made clean through the atonement of Jesus Christ without baptism. Although it is possible that questions regarding 1 Corinthians 7.14 or infant baptism prompted this explanation, the precise circumstances are unknown. Close quote. So we know that this is in response to the doctrine of infant baptism. Uh, we don't know if it was a question that was asked by members or a question that Joseph Smith had whilst he was translating the New Testament. Um, it's even suggested that this could be written as uh, this, this could have been as written as early as January 1830, which perhaps meant that it was within studying and translating the Book of Mormon, perhaps, uh, and having read the words in in Moroni about it. But um, as I mentioned, we don't actually have a precise date, and you'll notice that in the section heading it just says um, a year uh, 1830. Um, also, why then this was placed in that section after the ones we just had moving into early 1831, we don't know. Um, but it, when we look at the Joseph Smith Papers analysis, it says this, quote, When John Whitmer co copied the, the document into Revelation Book 1 in 1831, he dated it simply 1830. However, he placed it between documents dated 6th of January 1831 and 4th of February 1831, close quote. So that explains why we find it in this place within our Doctrine and Covenants. Um, but as it goes on to mention, the editors um, didn't include it in the original printed Revelations in 1833. And when the book was republished as the Doctrine and Covenants in 1835, it was then included, but with no date. Um, and so there is some research behind this and discussion. And basically it's decided or it's agreed that this was created before Joseph Smith moved to Ohio in the second half of January 1831, but it could have been, it could have been written any time really up to a year before that in January 1830. So, you know, in term, so far we've been really good at looking at the background and context of these chapters, uh, but with this one, it's a little more challenging. Uh, we don't really have a clear cut understanding on, on when this was done, but we have an understanding of perhaps why it was given. Um, again, looking at 1 Corinthians 7.14, uh, which says, for the believing husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. Uh, and as the historical notes suggests, this verse was used by a lot of preachers at, in that day uh, to kind of justify and teach the need of infant baptism. Because basically, you know, if a parent or if someone, you know, leads them astray, then you know, the sin is on the, the child and, you know, we need to baptise them now so that they can be clean and they can be part of the body of Christ and so on. Um, 
Now, the, the, the Lord gives to Joseph Smith an explanation as to why this verse was given uh, and how it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, little children need to be baptized. It says in verse two, now in the days of the apostles, the law of circumcision was had among all the Jews who believed not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it came to pass that there arose a great contention among the people concerning the law of circumcision, for the unbelieving husband was desirous that his children should be circumcised and become subject to the law of Moses, which law was fulfilled. And it came to pass that the children being brought up in subjection to the law of Moses gave heed to the traditions of their fathers and believed not the gospel of Christ, wherein they became unholy. So the Lord is explaining that this is what... Um, Paul, uh, what, yes, what Paul, because it's the Corinthians, so what the Apostle Paul was talking about, um, about how, you know, they, they didn't want children being born into these couples where one believed in Christ and, and one believed in the law of Moses uh, to g follow that tradition of circumcision and to um, listen or give heed uh, to the traditions of their fathers. So in verse 5, uh, Doctrine and Covenant 74, it says, Wherefore, for this cause, the apostle wrote unto the church, giving unto them a commandment, not of the Lord, but of himself, that a believer should not be united to an unbeliever, except the law of Moses should be done away among them. This is a really interesting insight. And it's a re the reason why I am spending an episode on this section, um, because the Lord here suggests, wherefore, for this cause, the apostle wrote unto the church, giving unto them a commandment, not of the Lord, but of himself. Now, we might sit there for a second and think, hang on. I mean, we know, you know, and we've talked about, I'm going to share the quotes because I've got it here and recorded it with this verse um, from President Alan H. Oaks. But we talk about how one statement given by a church leader doesn't necessarily constitute church doctrine. Um, but this is interesting because we have a similar thing here where the Apostle Paul is a church leader. He's one of the 12 apostles. Um, and he's going about teaching the gospel, writing letters. You know, you, you might say they're like conference addresses to the people of that time. Uh, and then in one of his conference addresses, as it were, or one of his letters, he writes this direction or proclamation or statement that an unbeliever should not be united to a, to a believer. A believer should not be un united to an unbeliever um, so that we can avoid this issue of um, circumcision or not circumcision with the children. Uh, and it's interesting that the Lord here basically calls it out and says, look, this thing that was said was himself saying it, not from me. Um, and so I guess it, it again reinforces to us because this now is in scripture, it's in the Bible. I mean, we're not just talking about a conference address that, that goes into the conference enzyme. We're talking about the scriptures and the standard works. And actually, having said that, we often refer to general conference, the words of the prophets and apostles, as they should be scripture. Uh, and so this would be just like us having a, a direction from one of our apostles, um, which perhaps is not the Lord's will, but he says it, but he, he gives it of himself. And can we think of any times perhaps in the history of mankind where that has happened, or in, you know, in, in the history of the church, I should say, where this has perhaps happened, where something was said that perhaps wasn't from the Lord, but was the apostles or the church leader's own thoughts. President Dallant H. Oaks um, says this, quote, Elder Christopherson taught that it should be remembered that not every statement made by a church leader, past or present, necessarily constitutes doctrine. 
It is commonly understood in the church that a statement made by one leader on a single occasion often represents a personal, though well-considered, opinion, not meant to be official or binding for the whole church. In the following conference, Elder Anderson taught this principle, that doctrine is taught by all 15 members of the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve. It is not hidden in an obscure paragraph of one talk. The family proclamation signed by all 15 prophets, seers and revelators is a wonderful illustration of that principle. Close quote. I find this to be not a concerning or a confusing point or doctrine that we shouldn't be taking every single word or, set or statement given by every single church leader past and present as doctrine and, and unbinding from the Lord. But what I do great take from this is great comfort and peace that when we are listening to conference talks, we should listen to all the things that bring the spirit, that bring hope and joy. And if there is times that a statement is made by a single church leader that doesn't sit quite right with us, then we shouldn't be worried about that. We shouldn't be concerned about that because this helps explain this. This verse, we can come to this section and help us ourselves understand this principle. When we think about things about church history, for example, that perhaps are more troubling, um, then we can, we can understand that this is probably not from the Lord himself, but from a single apostle or you know a, a certain view where that perhaps this view wasn't the view of the whole. Um, and we should look at you know the official church statements signed by the First Presidency and, and the Quorum of the Twelve as doctrine, uh, as direction for the church members. Um, and if there is something that is taught by a church leader that we perhaps are unsure about, we always have that direct communication with our Heavenly Father we can turn to, that di direct line of revelation because with this we can then receive the guidance if that is from the lord or not um you know church leaders are fantastic are wonderful people are local leaders and so on uh, but at times they they make mistakes <laughs> uh, i'm sure that they'll be the first to accept that and so we need to um again recognize that the lord even in, in the doctrine covenants here points out that at times there will be times where you know church leaders and make a mistake or teach something that isn't from him perhaps that is their own opinion and it is often as um, elder christopherson in his quote said is often a well thought out and well-meaning opinion uh, but sometimes it just isn't from the lord so thank you very much for listening today i hope you've enjoyed this study um, it was a very short section but we got a lot from that uh, please do continue to follow the podcast and all on the facebook um, Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me and you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com with your study. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.